evening, and welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam. Um, <clears throat> like I said this morning, a thank you to everyone who got on and done it already. Uh, if you go to multipleworldproductions.com slash Black Friday, you can get free copies of all of my books between now and Saturday. Um, all for free. And uh, if you read them and are interested to see where they're going next, you can scroll on to the bottom of the page. There are links to pre-order um, Echo Delta Part 2, which comes out on Friday, and uh, the next book after that, which is, um, what's it called? Uh, we Are Better Than Our Worst Instincts, which comes out in June. Um, but, that's it for the plug. Um, we are here to talk about the latest Steven Spielberg movie, The Fablemans. Um, how do I feel about The Fablemans? I'm... You know, I didn't go into this movie with expectations. I had heard that Judd Hirsch has a very good role to the point where he is in solid contention for a Best Supporting Actor uh, Academy Award. Um, And I've heard this movie is going to get a lot of Oscar nominations based on the fact that it's about a acclaimed director doing a semi-autobiographical movie. It's just, you know... It's, it's one of those things where it's like, alright, it's, it's just, it's ticking all the boxes, let's just see how it goes. I, I had higher hopes for it. I was not thrilled with what we got, because first of all, the movie's two and a half hours long, and I've said this before, when you have a long movie, you gotta make it not feel like it's long, and you also have to, um, make the, uh, you know, make it worth that time. And this movie does neither of those things. It's two and a half hours, and I felt all two and a half hours of it as I'm sitting there. It is meandering. It, and, and the thing is, too, you're watching it, and you're like, well, this can be cut. This can be cut. This can be cut. There's a perfectly serviceable hour and a half to two-hour movie in there. But it's just there's just so much additional crap that's like, it's not even adding context. It's just kind of weird. Like... And I think that, like, one of the scenes that early on when you watch it, you're like, this should probably be cut, but it does have some resonance later on, where it's, like, when his mom is dancing in front of the headlights, and he's recording it, and his dad and his uncle are egging her on to continue dancing. And, like, you watch it, you're like, this is weird, because, like, her dress is visibly see-through, and, like, you're like, oh, well, maybe it's just, like, we're reading too far into it. Um, but then it's like, the daughter gets up and is like, Stop. Her dress is see-through. This is really weird. And it's like... I don't understand. Like... And the scene just goes on way too long. There's a scene where she's learning... Like, or she, she's showing off her, you know... Um... What's it called? Her piano... Like, her what, what song she's going to be playing on TV. Um... Like, they, they show... Like, there's that. And then it's like... I, I just don't under like that, and, and then she got clip her fingernails because they're too long, and they're clicking on the keys, and you're like, this whole thing can be cut. Like with the amount of other shit we see, like the entire point of the scene is to showcase the relationship between her and the uncle, which who the uncle is friends with is never really clearly defined because she refers to him as his as her best friend, the husband refers to him as, as his best friend, and it's not even like one of those where transitions because. She was emotionally cheating on her. And they're very specific about that. That she never cheated on him. Cheated on her husband with him. They're very specific about that. 
Um, it's like, oh, well, you know, I guess, like, like they, they, she, she very, like, we never, like, she didn't say we never fucked, but that's what she said. Like, we didn't go as far as you think we did. And it's like, okay, but, like, then what is the big fucking, de- like, like, the whole thing is kind of hinged on this relationship unfolding and the relationship it has on, on everyone else. And it's like, all right, whatever. And then, like, where the movie really lost me was when you get to the end where they've moved to Arizona and they've moved to California and you're like, oh, well, that, like, first of all, he goes to this high school that's like the the stereotype high school from a movie where it's like every asshole kid is just in this school and they're all basically neo-Nazis and you're just like, can we just move the fuck on with this? And there's a scene with him and, and his new girlfriend praying and it's like, it's not even that funny. It's kind of just cringy, and you're like, "This, this could have been cut. Um, we, we don't need this scene." Um, and there's a lot of that where you're just watching, and you're like, "Why am I watching this? What? Like, there is a very concise story that could have been told in this movie, or you could have developed other things instead. Um, so that way, it's like, and, and it, you don't even get the pass of being like, "Okay, well." Like, in Belfast, which came out last year, um, in Belfast, there are things that we're not privy to as the audience. But the movie is ostensibly Buddy's movie. And Buddy is a little kid. So even, like, the camera will will, will work in a way where it's like, okay, we're going to hide behind here, so you're with Buddy, and you're kind of getting the same level of information and access as he's getting. So you're kind of put in his position. So when information isn't given to you, It's like, oh, okay, I understand that, because I'm almost a character in this movie beyond just, you know, the viewer. And this movie doesn't do that because the kid's 17 years old for the majority of it. And it's like, the whole thing with the train in the beginning goes on way too long. Like, I I don't understand. Like, and and there's a sequence in the movie theater where I'm like, I want to punch every one of these kids in the face because I go to the movie theater and they're all talking and they went into... First of all, they walked into a screening of The Man Who Shot Liberty Balance that's already in progress, and are just like, hey, we want to, you know, talk over the entire movie, and it's like, well, why, like, why, like, why, have this conversation outside the movie theater, don't have it inside the movie theater, like, it's things like that that just bother the fuck out of me, and it's like, and then we, like, do you think the movie's over, and it's like, one year later, you're like, fuck, you got another 10 to 15 minutes from that point where it's like, can we just move the fuck on? Um, and then it's like, there's this really weird mo- moment in the third act where the the marriage is blowing up and his sister comes in and talks about and, and takes the dad's side against the mom. And he takes the mom's side because there's this whole thing about the the scientists versus the, the artist, which is this weird thing going on in his family, because no one, like, it's, it's this thing where it's like, you're either one side or the other, and it's like, it, no, you, you don't have to be one side or the other, you can, you can, you know, be somewhere in the middle, and they're having this conversation, and, um, and she, go, the sister goes to him, like, how can you do this after what just happened, you are just as selfish as she is, and how does this conversation end? He goes, hey, can you watch what I've been editing while we're talking about our family, our, our parents' marriage ending? And can you watch it with me? And it's like, th- this is the thing where you're like, this is what she's talking about. 
This right here is exactly what she's talking about. It's a transactionary relationship that you're treating her that she's in. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, I I watched that and I was like, are are they kidding? And this is supposed to be played like a a tender moment between the two of them. Where it's like, okay, well, we're going to have this moment where we're going to um, have these two characters who are, you know, dealing with this similar issue and are on other sides of the spectrum of how they feel about it and, and, and who's to blame and who's not. But we're going to take that and we're going to, you know, completely just, like, you know, ignore the subtext and just go, all right, we're going to continue with this. And it's like, it just feels weird. It feels so weird. And it's like, look, if I'm going to watch one self-indulgent director make a movie about that life, I'm going to watch Clerks 3 again because that movie had the, at least that movie was an hour and a half long. And he didn't feel it. This one's two and a half hours, and it feels it every fucking second of it. And I'm like, this is just fucking in- incredible to me. It, it's just, it, it's just incredible that th- this is getting the acclaim. It's get- I, I just don't understand it because there are basic narrative failings that this movie has almost every step of the way. Where it's like, I don't care about any of these characters. I don't care about any of their relationships. I don't care about any of it. And then it's like, there's this really dumb scene that goes on way too long, also in the third act, where it's like, he's in the new school, and he catches the jock kid cheating on his girlfriend, and the jock kid, who's also a massive anti-Semite, starts going after him for being Jewish. And he goes, well, you know, I, I'm not going to apologize for for killing Christ, because that happened 2000 years before I was born, um, but you can apologize to your girlfriend, because you were making out with that redhead in the hall. Um, and the girl is like, knows exactly who he's talking about, and is like, alright, bye. Um, and, 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 like, leaves and leaves him. So the guy goes and attacks him, and punches him in the face, and, like, doesn't break his up, but gives him a bloody nose, and gives him two black eyes, and it's like, alright, well, you know, and he goes, you're going to tell her that you made that up tomorrow. And it's like, alright, fine, alright, that, that all makes, that all tracks. Um, and then the next day when he goes to do that, it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's it's so, you know, it's so silly to me that it's like, like and, and then the scene goes on way too long before she's like, yeah, but how did you know her hair was red? Like, because it's like, that's the thing where it's like, there's a part of me that's like, you know, oh, she's going to just be like, oh, okay, you know, I'll take him back. But I'm like, but it's so dumb because he knew the hair color of the girl that he never met. And then on top of that, beyond, beyond just that aspect of it, there's also the looking at it from the, you know, like, you obviously got forced into making this apology. Like, that is obvious. You have, a, like, your face is fucked up. Like, and the fact that this scene goes on and, and the girl indulges this nonsense for as long as she does, I'm just like, can we just move the fuck on? And, like, it feels like every scene can be cut, like a solid minute or two of dialogue can be cut from just about every scene of this movie, where you're like, well, why does this need to go on as long as it does? Like, at the end, after he shows the, the video footage of, and, and, and this scene specifically, because there's a line of dialogue that pissed me the fuck off, where it's like, uh, and, and the thing is too, the very end of this movie has two comedic beats that are very meta, that feel like they're from a different cut of the movie, because nothing else in the movie indicates that this would be like this, where 
first he, you know, he shows off the, the footage of Senior Skip Day, and he's showing it to the, the class, and one the kid who's been bullying him, who was with the girl, um, like, goes after him in the hallway, and he's like, well, why did you do that to me? Why did you make me look so good? And it, first of all, it feels like a Rick and Morty bit, where it's like, this guy is so self-aware of his worth as a senior in high school going into the real world that it's kind of ridiculous. And then on top of that, it's like, you know, beyond that part, ignoring that, there's also the whole issue where the, the what, what's the one for here? The, um, you know, it just go, it goes on too long. So he, I forgot what I was going to say. So this whole thing happened, and they had this discussion about, um, what's it called about, you know, why do you make me look good in this movie? Because I'll never live up to that standard that you set for me. Now everyone's just seen me that way. Why would you do that? And then he's, like, crying. And then the other kid who was also an asshole, but, like, more of an asshole, um, and more, like, the, the, there's so many varying degrees of anti-Semitism in this, in this school that's like, move the fuck on. Just, like, it, it, it's almost as if every Hitler youth that after the war got relocated to, to this fucking town in, um, in what's it called, in, uh, in, in California, and is now all graduating high school together, um, and they have that discussion, and then there's another discussion that happens where, um, then he's like, you better not tell anyone what I did here, uh, about me getting emotional, and he says, without a shred of irony, or anything like that, I won't tell anyone, unless I make a movie about it, and it's like, shut the fuck up, like, it's a, in a movie that's meant to be a comedy, like, or, or more comedic and not being played as a straight drama like this one is, that could be a great comedic beat, but that's not what this movie is, it doesn't work in this context, and the same goes for the last joke, which is, he goes to, um, he goes to, he gets a call back from CBS to work on what we find out is Hogan's Heroes, and he meets John Ford on the Paramount, or the CBS lot. I guess it's going to be the Paramount lot, but whatever. He meets with John Ford, and they do this whole thing where he's like, go look at the picture, just try the picture, and he's like, no, 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 where's the horizon line? And he's like, you know, there's the horizon, and then the next one, he's like, there's the horizon. He's like, all right, great. It's, it's, a, it's a kind of funny comedic beat with this guy playing John Ford, you know, acclaimed director who worked with, uh, John Wayne for many years, um, and he goes, and what, what did I just teach you? If the horizon's on the top or on the bottom, it's interesting. If the horizon's in the middle, it's shit. Now go about your day. And, uh, now get the fuck out of my office. And it's like, all right, cool. Um, and then it's, that's the end of it, because then he's leaving, and you get the, like, the final shot of the movie is him walking away, and then the horizon's in the middle of the screen, and you're like, that's weird. And then it very quickly, as if someone's handling the camera, adjusts it up, and it's like, well, that's even weirder now, because that feels like a comedic beat from a different movie. It doesn't feel like it fits with this movie at all. And, and that doesn't even get into, like, the, you know, like, I don't know, I, I guess I feel like the, you know... There's definitely a lot of space for this movie to have improved. Um, and I guess I, I guess feel like there's definitely a, a, a like there's a good movie in there. Like Judd Hirsch is great. His whole bit 
where he comes in after after the mother dies. And by the way, when the mother dies, that gives us a whole other kind of weird scene where um, right after the mother dies, uh, the the grandmother, I guess, because it's the mother's mother, Michelle Williams' mother, and um, she dies. Like, the next scene, she's in bed and asleep, and she wakes up and answers the phone. And she's like, like, she has this lengthy conversation with no one, thinking it's her mother. And and Paul Dano, who plays his father, looks over at her and is like, what the fuck is going on here? This is really fucked up. And then, he, and then like, she, he, he takes the phone from her and is like, honey, it's just a dream. And then the next day, she's like, I had a dream that my mom called me and said, like, don't, someone's gonna come, don't answer the door when they come. And the person who shows up is Judd Hirsch, and he gives his whole thing about, you know, having to, to be the person you're born to be, even if other people don't accept or understand. And it's a great moment in the movie, and Judd Hirsch kind of has, you know, this Oscar season, he'll be playing the role of Bradley Cooper in Licorice Pizza, where he's got one really, really, really memorable moment in the movie. Um, but beyond that, I, he's not in the movie at all. And he's got this great scene where he is, you know, telling him, if you think this is what you have to be, you have to be it. And then he leaves. And then it's like, but nothing bad came of that. Because the initial decision to, like, if you want to say that the, the incited, like, that incites kind of the beginning of the family drama... Because that's what causes Sam to go back into the footage from the camping trip and see all the footage of his mom and and Benny, who's played by Seth Rogen, um, having their you know their their affair. Like, if you want to say that's the case, that's fine. But the problem is the arrangement to make that camping tape was not hit after that point. It, the, the, the dad made that deal with him, like, I'll get you the editing equipment if you make this tape. Like, that that was done well before that point. And it's like, well, I, I just don't understand it. Like, like I don't understand the entire point. Like, and the thing is, that shaves time off the runtime if you get rid of that scene. And it adds nothing because nothing bad came of that where she shouldn't answer the phone. And arguably, only good came of it because then... Like, look, I mean, Paul Dano's got a shitty life afterward. He's probably going to go to Gotham and try and fucking, you know, uh, you know, shoot up an arena. But he he still has, like, you know, he's got his son and they're, they're living their life. And he, you know, and his, and, and Michelle Williams, who is the one who takes the call, she ends up all the better for it. Because she's with the person she really wants to be with. I really don't understand that, that the point of that phone call being there. Um, it doesn't make a, a logical sense for that call to be in in the script um, the way it is. I, there's a lot here that I feel like could have been better handled. I just don't feel like it is a a, a well use of time in a lot of the cases of this movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, The Fableman is out in theaters if you want to go see it. I mean, I guess I can't stop you. Um, I wouldn't. Like, and that was the thing, too. It's like, I, I was like, do I really want to go and spend two and a half hours in a movie theater? Not particularly. Um, it is, it's just, it's not. This is going to be this year's Licorice Pizza for me, I think. Where Licorice Pizza came out and it was acclaimed and everyone loved the fuck out of it. And here I am just like, I don't understand the big deal about this. Am I just dumb that I don't understand this? Because, like, no, I understand the emotional beats they're aiming for. Like, I, un- I understand... 
what they're going for in this movie, I just, none of it really works for me. And, and it's just like, well, let's just, you know, whatever. Um, but, well, and, and, and nothing happens that has profound impact. Like, like I think that the biggest issue is Sam doesn't really change as a character from beginning to end of the movie. And that's a big deal when your character starts out as a six-year-old and ends as an adult. The only thing that changes is skills as a resolve, but that's not really a change. That's just staying the same. Like, and, and staying the same harder. It, it's, I don't know, there's definitely room for improvement in this movie. Um, I, I would, you know, I would wait for streaming on it, even though Steven Spielberg's, and that was another thing that pissed me off, too, was he was like, you know, oh, well, we, uh, theatrical's important, and, and HBO Max, with all their streaming stuff, that's, you know, causing issues, that's gonna cause issues, and I'm like, if any other director walked in with a movie like, hey, I'm gonna make an autobiograph, a semi-autobiographical movie about me, and, um, yeah, it's gonna be two and a half hours long, and, uh, yeah, it's gonna be a period piece, so, have fun with that. Like, if any of, if, if Damien Chazelle walked in with that, if, uh, I think the only other direct, like, there are very few directors who could pull that off, and I think it's, like, Scorsese probably could, um, I think that maybe... Nolan, um, and I think even Nolan, they'd be like, are you sure? Are you really sure? Um, speaking of Nolan, I will say it is interesting that the trailer for Oppenheimer, every time they put it out before a new movie, the countdown is updated to reflect, uh, how long it actually is until the movie comes out, um, which is a really interesting thing that they did, and I really like that they did that. Uh, that said, I'm not super excited for Oppenheimer, um, but whatever. Um, so, yeah. I, I guess I feel like there's definitely a, a better movie here. There's room for improvement all across the board. I'm just not entirely sure. You know, it, I think that the beginning, the, the, the start of it comes with cutting. Like, the, the start of the correction comes from making substantial cuts and being like, okay, well, this is going to be, you know, we, we don't need this, we don't need this, we don't need this, we don't need this cut it out, and move on from there. I think that that's, that is the, the starting position to make this movie better. Um, but we'll wrap up there for today. Tomorrow morning, we will have the Santa Clauses, episode three. And on Friday, we will have the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which I believe drops Friday. I think it drops Friday. I hope it drops Friday. I've been saying it's been dropping Friday. Um, so, we'll wrap up there for today. And until our next episode, have a great rest of your week.